Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. My name's Dan. Big week last week, Thanksgiving. Now I'm I'm starting to listen to Christmas music, which is very exciting. Oh. I'm into it. But other exciting thing for this week, we've read half of Words of Radiance. Mm-hmm. Today mm-hmm. we stopped at chapter 48, so we've read half of it, but... We've obviously got to get warmed up. Mm. Give me a little warm up, Dan. Okay, so this is this is actually tangentially related. You know how Pattern is talking about how everything is kind of a lie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel a little a little lied to, a little misled. I think about the okay. pandemic. Now uh, this is going to raise some red flags with a lot of people. Uh, please get vaccinated. <laughs> Please, I beg you, get vaccinated. Also, it's real. It's very real. This is the part that I'm pissed about. The messaging, the messaging about the pandemic for a while in the early stages and even like four months ago was like, hey, we're going to get through this and then it's going to go back to normal, baby. We're going to be we're going to be spitting on each other in no time and feeling feeling fine. And I was like, great. I, know, I love doing that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'd love to cough in public and not have everybody turn and look at me. I'm excited. No more masks one day. That would be a cool thing for us to have again. Right. I haven't been able to show off my my stubble, my sexy stubble in years. I've got a fall beard and nobody knows. It looks, It looks great. It's thick. But here's the thing, Luke. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Okay. Here's the thing. Like, we're, we were talking for a while, like, we're going to get rid of COVID. And it's just going to, we're going to get rid of it. And it's going to be gone. We can go back to normal. I don't know. I don't think so at this point. I think it's just going to be something that exists in our world now. I think this is just our life now. Is that depressing? I think it's a little depressing. It's best, so it's very depressing. <laughs> I don't think that's the question. <laughs> but I feel um, lied to. I'm upset. I'm angry because I feel like everybody for a while was like, "Hey, don't worry. We're gonna. We're things are gonna get back to normal. All you have to do is this thing." So that's and this is you're you're doing this rant at an opportune time because another variant just came out, and um. It's a weird thing for us to talk about on the fantasy podcast, but I'm for it because I do want to talk about it. Um, skip ahead. Look at the show notes if you don't want to hear it. If you don't want to be depressed, um, please skip ahead. I like. I don't think I'm as as pessimistic as you. Mm. Have you heard about the deer, though, Luke? If I heard about the deer, I actually don't know what you're talking about. Luke, the deer in the United States transmit COVID-19, and it is rampant in the deer population. Oh, my God. Well, this is just, this is, that's good news, though, because here's the thing. An excuse to kill more deer, because these things gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoa! Luke! This is the, forget COVID, this is now what we're talking about. Why do you hate Bambi? Okay, I don't hate Bambi. What's wrong with you? Deer are magical creatures. Deer are okay. <laughs> I'm I'm over. Like I don't even live 
in the like Pacific Northwest, which I know is where people actually hate deer. I don't even live there, but I just like know that I'm tired of it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't care anymore. Luke's seen like three deer in the last five years, and he's like, "Oh, they're stupid." <laughs> I, I'm tired of looking out the window sometimes, and somebody like, "Oh my gosh, a, be- a deer, beautiful." Yeah, I don't, no, it's not. It is. It's majestic. It's it's really not. There's, uh, and they make driving at night terrifying. Okay, that's a fair point, but I think we should just all stop driving anyway. So I think that's a point in Deer's favor. Okay, this is fair. This is my this is my take. Stay tuned for a future warm up for my for my anti car take. If you follow my Twitter account, you already know what I'm going to say. But where are we? Oh, what's the um. Oh, yeah. COVID is in deer now. So COVID is in deer now. It's in like all the deer. Uh, It's not going away. There's no way we're vaccinating all the deer. This is why I'm thinking we're just it's just going to be we just have COVID. It's just like a thing that exists now. It's just like now there's COVID. So fine, I guess. Like, it just feels like our world is now is different. In a big way. And I wasn't expecting it to be different in this big way. Right. I do remember in the very early days mm-hmm. when people were like, ah, man, this is going to be a while. But they meant a while as in like a few months. And I, I'm i sure other people came to this conclusion well before I did. But I yeah. came to this conclusion a lot earlier than like some of my friends did it was uh-huh. like this is gonna be at least a year and that was optimistic and look at us now cool. luke <laughs> i agree i was also extremely optimistic and now i think i've set my target for just like eh, maybe never <laughs> i don't because again i don't think i'm quite as pessimistic as you i think at some point people are gonna agree to get vaccinated and it's gonna help but but this is my this is my thing luke is like i think like it'll help it'll always help like if, if, if you haven't been vaccinated please get vaccinated stop listening to this podcast immediately and yeah. go get vaccinated yeah. right now this you're second. not allowed to listen to our podcast if you're not vaccinated yeah i think sorry. hard hard limit here if you're not vaccinated stop until you have been vaccinated and then hit that play button <laughs> enjoy with my blessing but but i mean like (laughs) people who are currently vaccinated are getting covid19 like they're they're experiencing symptoms they're not as severe but they're still like getting it and passing it around Mm -hmm. so like i imagine we'll keep developing new vaccines for it but like it's just gonna be a thing where (laughs) every six months you get your new covid shot right which i'm fine with i'm totally it's honestly it's a miracle of modern science that we're even able to do this it's incredible but i think our world is going to be very different now it's not just like a spanish flu that went away and now is like everything is back to normal i think we're just this is the covid era now that's my vibe and it and it the thing that pisses me off about it is if i'm on a plane or something or so a lot of politicians were talking for a while, like, we're going to get through this and then everything's going to go back to normal. 
and it hasn't happened but all the advertising that i see is still like we had a rough okay particularly i'm talking about airplanes on airplanes the advertising is like we had a rough time and we had to stay home but now we're back baby go everywhere see all your friends smooches and kisses for all and i'm like no we can't do that it's not time yet delta airlines i know you really want it to be time but the we can't we can't do that you know what i think this is for me Mm. i think that so we we like before the before the pandemic we were at a certain like level of what we could do Mm. safely right Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic happened and that level got much lower and now we're much we're much higher than the bottom and to me that like increase felt really good and i haven't realized yet that we still have a lot of ways to increase if that makes any sense when you say higher than the bottom okay okay yeah tell me what you mean the amount of things that you could do freely right like peak pandemic your your level of of like i don't want to say freedom because that's a loaded term at this point um but risk <laughs> like the risk you were taking with certain things that was low right and now we can do much more, but it's still not at the peak of what we. It's not pre-pandemic. Like a pre-pandemic world. Yeah. yeah. And like for me, that increase after being vaccinated was like huge, and I was hyped, and I haven't. Yeah. I'm still like celebrating that. I think, and I haven't gotten to the realization that there's still a big way to go. You know, I think that's totally fair, and. I think that's important to celebrate. So you know what? Luke, you've actually turned me around on this. I'm being 100% sincere. <laughs> You're right. After I got vaccinated, I was so hype. Uh, and I'm like, it's much lower risk now than it was before. I'm, yeah. You know what? It doesn't really matter that much. I don't care. Delta Airlines, say whatever you want about travel. <laughs> well, maybe right. don't. The next, just... the next, now it's just, for me, now it's mostly just masks, which is fine. Right. It doesn't bother me that much. But eventually, eventually, you guys, everybody's going to be able to see my beautiful face. And that's going to be when I know that it's, we're back. We're back, baby. Maybe. I hope so, Luke. I really do. <sighs> anyway. Uh, okay. That was a, that's a good, that's a good way to depress us. I'm glad. Um, let's talk the book. If you skipped, welcome back. Like I said, we're we're up to chapter 48. Mm-hmm. And a lot happened in this section. I want to start with a with a Shalon section. Ooh, we might have yeah, we might be talking about Shalon for a while here. Okay, okay. Um so first off, Shalon is with this is coming to the Shattered Plains with this group and she does her little like trick of making everyone believe in themselves which is very nice (laughs) right right well shallan is like the shadow caladan in this way or caladan what do you mean the shadow caladan so caladan did the same thing caladan did the same thing with the bridgemen in book one where they were all just like depressed and angry and kaladin was like hey you just need to have something to believe in and it's yourself believe in yourself 
now come on everybody let's save the world and everyone was like yeah we could do that and shallan has done the same thing except it's i i kind of don't like shallan anymore <laughs> oh this shallan shallan did the same thing with these like deserters only it wasn't really because she wanted them to like be better she wanted them to like do what she wants them to do like these kaladin the bridgeman for kaladin is the end he is not using them as a means for something else they are like his Mm -hmm. goal like he wants the bridgeman to be safe and healthy and and like happy Shallan is like, I need these deserters to get me into the place where I really want to go. So I'm going to trick them all and make them believe okay. in themselves. <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's good, actually. Okay, but you were making a point, And I brought up the, the fact that this is the shadow Kaladin. Because I still, and I want to come back to this point a little bit later. Because I do think Shallan is the shadow Kaladin. But your point, you were making a point about how she like kind of tricks these deserters into believing believing in themselves. Right. So, okay. So the the point that I was going to make is not necessarily about Shallan and is, is, was more of just a nice moment. Bluth, the, the guard, the slaver Mm -hmm. guard that she was with. Yeah. Like dies a hero, kind of. And it was really nice. I loved it. Yeah, the arc, the redemption arc for that character was incredible, and it was extremely short. It was extremely short, wrapped up nicely. I I'm a, I think he was a deserter previously as well, based on like some of the things that he had said. Mm-hmm. And he stole a little sketch of him that makes him look cool. And I don't know, it was lovely, I thought. I also now go ahead and now go ahead and crap over my moment by ridiculing Shalom. So I also appreciated it. I think that's the one that we can have like a nice moment with. But let's talk about what Shalon has said to this group of men who've been roving the countryside doing who knows what for oh I don't know how long, like a year. Shalon is like, hey, fight for me, and your crimes are totally forgiven, guys. What's the worst you could have done? Like shoplifting? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Would you steal before? Oh, don't even worry about it. Meanwhile, right. okay, one of I these s- deserters is over here like, wait, seriously? S- Whoa, hold on. You're going to pardon the thing I did. <laughs> I don't know if I should even, I don't know if that should even be allowed. Like, I'm even concerned about you saying you can pardon my terrible crime. Okay. Like, there's some crimes we can't just offer a blanket pardon for, no matter what you have done in this one instance. Maybe they didn't even, right? Okay, because here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. These deserters she's offered a blanket pardon for, which we need to, yeah, we'll talk about that. Maybe one of the dudes didn't even fight. Maybe one of the dudes is just like, well, I'm not going to stop everybody, but I am going to just go hide while everybody's saving the caravan. Like, I'm not going to fight. And I'd still like that blanket pardon, though, because you're not paying attention. (laughs) I'm hiding under a wagon while the fighting's going on. Okay. 
I okay, you're making a valid point. I will I will acknowledge that. Um I think that like the alter- the alternative is much worse. Yeah. <laughs> the alternative you- is they continue to be bandits and murder her and like I- continue murdering people. Right, but like the <laughs> I think the issue I have is, honestly, I want her to be more deceitful with them. I'm totally fine if she you, lies so you to them. Wanted her, did, did I wanted you her. Did you want her to like turn them in when they get when she got there? I wanted okay. How I think this should have actually gone, if if we're talking about like the the right thing to do here, is for her to get back with them. This whole time be promising them blanket pardons. No matter what you did, it'll be forgiven. Because, like, yeah, then they're not going to go off and murder everybody. Like, great. And then as soon as you get in, you go up to Dalinar and you're like, hey, I've got this list of names. Can you run this list for me real quick? And then I'll just circle a few that are on that, hopefully a few on the list. And you can keep those. And then the rest will say, get a pardon, you know? Hopefully it's just a few names on that list. I just need to know what they did. Ooh, real quick. <laughs> okay. Nothing too gross, hopefully. Please, nothing too gross on that list. Ooh. I mean... Because, like, it's... Some of these guys could need some serious justice to happen to them, right? It's... Right. We learn about one of them. So, okay, okay, okay. I think that the point is... Okay, hang on. Let me think about this for a second. Because I I don't ascribe a ton of value to, like, justice just for the sake of justice when, like when I would prefer the system to be like, you know, improving society, you know what I mean? Oh, sure. So like, so if they're like doing good things now, yeah, then that's an overall net positive. Uh-huh. And I, I think just the worry is whether they're going to, to continue doing good things. So I would love I would love a little psyche val. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Okay. This I agree with you 100% here. Right? I think we need we don't need retributive justice. We need like rehabilitative justice, right? The ideal mm-hmm. in my mind the ideal form of justice is where right? Yeah, sure. All these guys are now great members of their community and they're never going to commit another crime ever i think like mission accomplished let him let him be free and run wild my worry is shallan's not doing the work of evaluating each of these people to ensure that they're no longer a danger to society she has said these are my squad can you house them somewhere else please where i don't see them very often i'll talk to the two who are nice I'll talk to the two who are nice and talk to me. The rest, they're fine. Yes, this is a this is the correct point. I think that I think her initial move was good, but it just required more effort on her part 
continuing effort that she could not put in. Right. Right. Like, I think if one of these and guys... And I'll say, I, I, I do think that the, like, giving... The, like, just, like, asking about everyone. Because there's a decent chance that all of them were just... Or at least most of them just deserted. Like, earlier in the book, we heard a story when they're like, yeah, it's we're just fighting to make people rich and it's not satisfying, so I left. If, like, all of them are like that, fine. But if you get some names back from Dalinar... And and we got some bad eggs, some real gross then I think boys. You, you, then you you need a little bit more, like thinking about potential solutions here. Right, right. Especially because there are some crimes that are like not related to fighting and being like saving people's lives. Right. Like there's a lot of crimes, other very bad crimes that are like not related to any of the good actions that they did here that they could still be like right. oh yeah i can still do that other crime now and shallan's responsible for that like that's on shallan because she brought them back into society before determining if they are gonna hurt anybody or any act yes. hounds or anything out there right I can, okay i think that this is where i'm this is where, I'm, where you've brought me to which is the initial act i think or like initial Shallan's initial thing, net positive, but was requiring more ongoing effort than she was willing to put in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this I... is all this is all ignoring the fact that she had to, by the way. But <laughs> OK, she had to up to a point. Right. As soon as she gets into the war camps and is meeting with Dalinar, she can be like, hey, can you keep an eye on these guys, please? Like mm-hmm. she had, like she to could still w- have gotten like kind of pardons, right? Conditional pardons, maybe. Yeah, uh, mm. and, and <clears throat> so I think this is why a large reason why she's like the shadow Kaladin as well, because Kaladin is literally down there with the people that he has redeemed twenty four seven. Like Kaladin is there checking in with every single person that he has gotten to now be the guards of the king. He is, like, well aware of what's going on. He knows that one of them tried to kill the king, and he's, like, in on his psyche. He knows exactly what's up. Kaladin, I think, is doing this right. And Shallan is just like, I needed them to do what I want. (laughs) Okay. This is, yes, I think this is fair. Kaladin, much more detail-oriented and like in the weeds of all of his actions and i this wants this this brings me to the point where i want to say that shallan is is just a complete sociopath okay. i think i think shallan has reached the point where she is like a like entirely devoid of understanding consequences to her actions and like just wants to accomplish her goals here's what i mean here's why first okay she took kaladin's boots for fun that was she had, that was quite rude i will say what what was your goal why why kaladin is literally the guard to the king the assassin in white came i think that night can you imagine if kaladin had to do that fight without boots 
because she had taken them. Like, what? What are you doing? You can't take his boots. You can't even wear them. Yes. Okay. So, so I think Shalon is a sociopath, and the question that I want to ask <laughs> you, Luke, is who do we think? Who do we think is the most responsible for Shalon being a complete monster now? Okay. I have so an answer. I, I'm not willing to go. I'm not I'm not coming along with you. She's terrible. On this. <laughs> because I, I, I agree with some of the points that you've made, but I think it's more that she's like a 17-year-old, like highborn woman that mm-hmm. has been sheltered her entire life okay all right so then so then play with me here play with me here who's responsible for shalon doing some of these terrible things okay because she's had a lot of mentors she's had a lot of people who've shaped her so far in this story who is the most responsible i i i can't think i don't think that it's anyone recent like I don't think it's Yasna. Okay. Or because I she was only with her for like Tyne? a couple months. Say that again. You're gonna you're gonna give Tyne a pass as well. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, in general, because I think that this is more like more central to her than just like a recent addition to her outlook. I think that this is more like a gap in her upbringing. Mm, are you going all the way back to dad? Are you saying she's got daddy yeah, issues? I, think so. I I don't think necessarily the traditional daddy issues, but I I would I would put the blame much earlier, probably largely around her dad. And I don't want to go too far into like this weird psyche thing, but <laughs> but yes. Well, I think Brandon would agree with you. Brandon seems to be making the story like we're getting a lot of flashbacks of what happened with her dad and her family and it centers around her dad being kind of a monster as well it sounds like mm-hmm. so i think brandon would agree with you there the this like issue from her past is maybe informing some of the less cool things that she's doing now if you want to put it that way i'm going to take it very recent i think pattern is the reason she has become a sociopath. I think Pattern is the one responsible. Okay. And I know last episode I mentioned I really liked Pattern. I'm sick of him already. (laughs) I don't like Pattern. You're being crazy this episode, okay? (laughs) Shalon is a sociopath and Pattern made her that way. Pattern was the one most responsible for shaping her that way. And... (laughs) Here's what I think Pattern did. Pattern took us from a, like, actual morality place where there is right and wrong and true and false and made it to where everything is just different shades of a lie. And, like, it's all a lie. Every time you talk to Pattern, he's like, nice lie. That was a good one. And there's no right (laughs) or wrong anymore. Pattern's just like, whatever, man. And I hate it. Okay. You can't steal Kaladin's I, boots. You can't do it. I think that that's. Tr- I think that that's true. I. I don't think that I'm blaming Pattern for this because I feel like the Pattern thing is more of like language, and him having fun with language, as opposed to like 
deep morality questions. That's how it starts, Luke. That's how it starts. You start having fun with language. Okay. Next thing you know, you're taking the clothes off of a innocent soldier's back and laughing about it with your friends. <laughs> and then murdering someone okay. with a shard blade and having no qualms about it. <laughs> Are you saying that she murdered, <laughs> died with a sh- <laughs> And that was bad? Because I... <laughs> I mean, she didn't do that. that. She killed her, yes. Um, In a very cool move, by the way. Okay, yeah, it was very cool. We love that. (laughs) I just just want everyone that's listening to our podcast for the first episode to know that Dan is the insane one. (laughs) Who is is calling Shalada sociopath. Uh, Um, That's not insane. You said you agreed with all of my points. You just aren't rational enough to connect them like i have okay that's a yeah very good point let's let's hear from the from the listeners um no i don't know it's 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 tough because when you do think about well i assume that this is relatively normal behavior like kaladin it's like, yeah, I wasn't even really mad about the boots because that's just what light eyes are like. Sure. Which is a v- very bad. Yeah, for it light is. Eyes, right? <laughs> it's terrible. It is not necessarily like, like vindicating Shalon or anything, but it doesn't seem like absolutely insane behavior in this world. Okay. I think this is fair. This is kind of harkening back to like the Thomas Jefferson issue. Right, where Thomas Jefferson was a slave owner, and you're like, yeah, I mean, at the time he wasn't insane because, like, every white man in power was a slave owner. But when we look at it from a more like top down view, we could see, yeah, just because they were all used to the system of oppression doesn't mean it was good. And maybe they were all just kind of assholes in that way. Right. So this might be fair. She might not be at a complete sociopath here. Uh, but uh, she's not really questioning her society very much for a scholar, for somebody who's interested in that. Sure, not really, totally not really questioning the power structures, Shalon. Yeah, yeah. And she's definitely blaming their, like, parchment for being void bringers. And it's like, that part is, I think, the most negative. But let's, I okay, we, we've done a lot of Shalon. Well, let me do one more Shalon, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not about Shalon, but her meeting with the ghost bloods. Mm-hmm. It's it's later in this section, but it's it's on Shalon's yeah. um, part. So she meets with them under this disguise, and it's it's the one guy, and his behavior and vibe shows just how easy casual murder is. <laughs> Where like he's like, uh, I guess I won't kill you. And, like, it's not an empty threat, it didn't seem to me. Because it's also, like, this dude's a light eyes, and she's a random person. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, he could just have murdered her. Yeah. A little concerning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty concerning, although it's not super surprising. I agree with you. Uh, It's wild how casual it seems in this world. But it also seems like life is pretty cheap in this world yes. anyway. Like they sent Bridgman down into the chasms and a lot of them would get like swept away by 
sudden floods and things and they're just like oh well yeah uh yeah life very cheap that's, that's a good point which yeah was what that scene was very good though i liked how intimidating he was uh mm-hmm. the dart thing i think you do it a couple times and then you i have a hard time because i think you look silly when you blow darts like i think it's kind of a silly weapon to have mm-hmm. so i get it's very intimidating to be having darts blown at you but at the same time like we've all shot spitballs before <laughs> that's just what i, I think of when somebody uses a blow 100 percent agree with you on this the darts took away from the effect i know if he had like just anything else like throwing knives that's a good one i don't even think you have a weapon mm. i don't think you do it hmm I think it's more intimidating without the, like, obvious thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. But I feel like the metaphor there was just that she was in a really dangerous situation. And, like, she was dodging blow darts left and right, you know? Like, she was in the midst of, like, actual real danger at the same time as... You know what I... Like, oh, like sure. yes... It was intimidating, and yes, I think the point would have come across if it was just like, yeah, he had a big knife that he had at his hip, or even no weapons, and just he had a bunch of armed guards in there. I think the point still would have come across if he's talking about things like killing her and stuff. But I think it was more powerful because there was like actual physical, she was almost dying as well. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just the illusion that she was pulling this off. She was actually like dodging darts like left and right right i mean yes from the from the reader perspective sure but if i'm the if i'm the guy i'm not doing darts no no definitely not Ooh, maybe you just offer like some food i think that's intimidating Ooh, yes this is what i would have done if i was the guy had a little appetizer tray and let her pick one okay okay since we're going deep on this I, I I think you do something along this line, but you have to like do, you have to prepare the appetizer and it's some like super gruesome thing, right? Oh, like an eyeball? Like you have an eyeball on there? <laughs> no. On like a toothpick? What do you mean? What's, no, like, like, um, let's see. What's a, what's a like, uh, kind of meat that you can basically eat raw. Like a lot of meat. Well, he's like he's like offering her this whatever that he's like just butchered in front of her, like a beef tartare. Sure. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So he like does some violence in preparing it right there. Like he cuts like off while, a slice. Like, what, they're just chatting. Yeah. And he in the background is doing this oh yeah okay that could be that would be very intimidating he's got like a cow back there and he just cuts off a slice of pastrami right off the flank of the cow right it's still alive yeah that's pretty intimidating i also like the move where (laughs) i was thinking the move was you have uh somebody else eat one before and they fall down dead like you poison them and so then you're you're not being you're a very against subtlety here 
Yeah. Well, but then, but then Shallan leaves and the person gets up and is like, did it work? And he's like, nice, good acting. You know? You would make a very, you would make a great villain, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Can we move on from Shallan? Yes. Okay. Since we're talking about scenes that were very cool, uh, can I just say that the the assassin in white scene has probably been my favorite that we've read in this book so far. Mm, okay. That whole chapter like just with the, the assassin scene? in white. So the the like start of that chapter, Kaladin like is out on the this might actually be the end of the previous. Anyway, it kind of starts with Kaladin getting a bad feeling. He goes out onto the balcony in the middle of a high storm and like Sill is like, he's here. And it's like, oh shit. And Pattern is also like, uh-oh, bad guy's here. Mm-hmm. And like, everybody's worried. And Kaladin is like running through the the palace, like grabbing the king and Dalinor and like running to get somewhere safe. And then the assassin in white's there and they have a crazy battle. I loved it. Incredibly tense. Uh, great fight. So good. I Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the actual lead up to the fight was better than the fight. Not to say that the fight wasn't good, but the, the like Kaladin running around getting vibes mm. was very good. I agree with you here, actually. The tension that was built when Kaladin was just like, I have a bad feeling like we need to go right now incredibly good mm-hmm. it got me mm-hmm. i was feeling very tense <laughs> it was great it was very good i i just wanted to i just wanted to throw that in here right now love that love that chapter a lot great job okay sure yeah i got nothing um, else to say about it kaladin's kaladin's coming off well in his first first like few months or however long it's been on the job he's looking he's looking good i want to talk briefly about adeline Ooh, okay adeline i think in a lot of books would be the really annoying character that's like you know the the pampered prince he's the dursley one and that who's the thing. old dursley boy dudley Yes. He's Dudley, I think, is how I see him. Yes. But despite him being like kind of a dick to Kaladin, I think Loki, very nice person. (laughs) There's a couple scenes like, okay, so one time he's like in his this is this is from his perspective. Uh He's like in his head and he's like mad about I don't know if he's mad at Kaladin or something. Because he's like sees the bridgemen that are guarding him, and he's like kind of pissed off. And then he's like, "Yeah, it's not really their fault." And then he like smiles at them, <laughs> like very small thing, but it's just very nice. I mean, no, no, I don't. I I have a oh hard time gosh. giving. You're him, against Adeline too. I have a hard time giving him this credit. Well, because he is like so hard on kaladin every time he talks to him like Mm -hmm. he he talks he calls him bridge boy he's very like and i get it would be it would be one thing if their like status was more similar 
And I think this is this is the problem mm-hmm. I have with Adeline, is he's talking to Kaladin like maybe somebody would a little brother, which I think could be endearing in that way. Like I think there could be a rapport that's building in that way, which would be fine if Kaladin's position in life, if his uh, if the oppressive light eyes hadn't used their privilege to murder his whole battalion and steal a shard blade from him. Like, Kaladin has experienced real consequences from being a lower caste. Kaladin has, like... Kaladin ended up as a bridgeman because of his eye color, because he's dark eye. And it's, like, the punchline for Adeline. Okay. And I, I can't abide it. I, like... I have such a hard time with it being like a good natured joke when like Kaladin is experiencing very real consequences from it. You know what I sure. mean? I mean, yes. I I feel like you are like so pro Kaladin. <laughs> I'm incredibly pro Kaladin. <laughs> of course. You're too pro Kaladin to have to have any objective thoughts on other people. <laughs> No, like, don't get me wrong. Kaladin's great. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like you're putting everyone, you're putting everyone in comparison to Kaladin and it's unfair. (laughs) Okay. It's unfair because Kaladin's so great. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not arguing that Kaladin's not great. (laughs) But like Adeline is being such a dick to him. It's not fair. Yeah, but he's... Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Here's the, the my point is more that like Adeline has the vibe of a Dudley Dursley mm-hmm. when you first meet him. But I think more deeply, he's actually a very kind person. Okay. Okay. All right, Luke. Then here's what I'm gonna need if we're gonna if we're gonna come around on Adeline, which I'm hoping we do. At least I'm hoping I do. I get you're already team Adeline. You love the guy. You're willing to go watch him duel seven days a week. That's fine if you love him yes, that much. Easily. Why don't you marry him then, Luke? I'm sure he could use something like that. Anyway, the only way we're coming around on this, we need to see a we need to see a big turn in how he treats people who are lower than him. Okay. I think I think if that happens when Dalinar inevitably dies, which like, come on, of course it's going to happen. So this is not a spoiler. I also haven't read these books, so I don't know, maybe. But yeah, Dalinar is for sure going to die. And when that happens, I want to see how <laughs> Adeline steps up. And that's going to be okay. key for me. So hang on. Is is Kaladin the only person that Adeline is mean to? Uh, ooh. Other than like Sadeus, but that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. This maybe actually. I mean, he's and, and I, I will admit, I th- I think that the reason that he's mean to Kaladin is probably not a good reason. No, Kaladin I think he's is like, like mean to Kaladin because Kaladin's a dark eyes and like talks to him like he's not. That's yeah, which is that's bad. right. It's terrible. <laughs> yes, like Kaladin is perfectly justified for having a chip on his shoulder, Adeline. But uh, you might be right here. But uh. I mean, it's it, it's still not like exculpatory considering like any person that he interacts with 
that's not on his level is for sure like bowing to him right i mean it also kind of again like i think this has a lot to do with the power structure in this world and Mm -hmm. how this challenging of the power structure is what adeline is kind of rebelling against this challenging of a dark guys being made a captain and having this position of authority is it does seem to be that's what he has the problem with whereas he is nice to like pretty much everybody else but if that's dependent on them like knowing their place then that isn't like necessarily a super nice thing right right yes i agree so uh, this is where i need to see some growth from adeline is this understanding that the whole light eyes dark eyes thing is kind of busted otherwise like i can't really buy into any of his other nice things because they seem to be contingent on people being in their proper place in society sure i think that's fair okay Okay, I'm glad we've come to an agreement about Adeline. Because I want to like him. I really do. I think he ha- I think if anyone's going to have that kind of growth, I think Adeline is a good option for it. I'll say Adeline's brother seems to already be mm-hmm. a swell guy. Yes, I agree. Seems to be a great guy, uh, willing to do whatever it takes to fit in, but in a good way. Not in a bad way. (laughs) Right. So. Speaking of Adeline's brother. When Adeline's brother, I think his name is, oh, what is it? Relinar? Renarin. Renarin. Speaking of Renarin, Aladdin's little brother. When Renarin asks to join Bridge 4, Kaladin, Kaladin is like going through a, diagnostic differential with him and it's like kaladin i get it you were you were pre-med but can we please focus here and stop trying to like diagnose this kid because he has doctors for sure like he has real his dad is like the second in line to the throne there are for sure doctors around who he's seen you don't he has a specialist he has five specialists probably like i don't you (laughs) I get it. You're pre-med. Okay, fine. (laughs) Can I join your army or not? Yeah, this is a good point. (laughs) If I'm Renarin, I'm kind of pissed here. (laughs) I hadn't actually thought about this, but the vibe of this scene is like Kaladin is providing some valuable information to him. Or it's really like... Yeah, he's like, for sure seen people that know way more than Kaladin. There's no question in my mind he has seen specialists for his disease more than Kaladin, who like was training to be a doctor for a while. And like the vibe I was getting was Kaladin trying to show off. Kaladin, mm. show your cool rock sticking power. Don't pretend like you know what the hell is going on with the seizure. You're saying you're saying Kaladin needs to stay in his lane. <laughs> yes, actually. In, in all re- in all respects. In every Yes, stay in your lane Kaladin. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Stop giving me medical advice. Sure. I think that's fair. Um cuz cuz at at this scene I was going to be like is is Kaladin like overpowered? You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Like not necessarily yeah. in terms of overpowered, like his actual power level, because yeah. like obviously he's like one of the only people that can do Stormlight, so sure. But yeah. overpowered in terms of like a good person, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like he's <laughs> like we're. I'm just waiting for a chapter where he's also raising like ten orphan children from a different country, right? Yeah, like even his flaws are because he's too good of a person. It's frustrating. I I actually yeah I kind of agree with you here. the the one the one issue that he has, which Sill's working on, is the fact that he still wants to murder Amron Amaran, mm-hmm. and that seems to be the issue that Sill is like, hey, murder's not cool. Don't do it. Maybe, yeah, maybe we should talk to someone about your anger issues. Yeah, yeah. Um. Ooh. Actually, though, Luke, this kind of comes back to. This kind of comes back to something we started talking about, though. Now that I think about okay. it, like, so. Kaladin's vision of justice for Amaran is that he's got to kill him because Amaran like betrayed Kaladin, killed his whole squad, and stole his shard blade. But like, if. If we're drawing a parallel to what we said about the deserters, like if if Amaran is like, hey, I recognize that was bad. I'm really sorry, but I'm going to use this shard blade for the good of everyone. Mm-hmm. If we gave the deserters a pass and they don't do any more terrible crimes, are they good? Do we have to give Amaran a pass and say, yeah, he did some bad stuff before, but he's learned from it and he's a better person now and he's not going to do it again. He promises. Um, I, so I think that the, the sections that we've read make Amaram seem like he has been, he has not become a better person in any way. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, 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 so his whole thing is that he seems really great. Yeah. And it's it's hiding some deeper ambition or whatever. Yes. And this is this is kind of confirmed in one of his com- conversations with Sadeus, where Sadeus is like, I'm the only one that knows you're a psycho. And he's like, yeah, that's super true. <laughs> BF says but, for life. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I mean, maybe if he was doing something else. But if he's not, what if this what if the secret that they know about him is just that he took the shard plate or he took the shard blade? What if that's the thing that we're all talking about? And since then, he's been on the up and up. He's been super nice. He's used the shard blade for good. And he is like he has like fulfilled what he said he needed the shard blade to do. Do you know what I mean? Like he said he needed the shard blade because he would be able to do so much more good with it than Kaladin Mm -hmm. what if he's actually doing so much good with it this feels to me like the deserter thing where like if the deserters are now good guys and we give them a pass because it's about the fact that they are now good right do we give Amaran a pass for what Kaladin suffered 
Sure. Um, okay, so I think part of this is our like information and perspective within the two groups. Because like our perspective with respect to Amram or however his name is pronounced. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. Is yeah. from the person that he harmed. Right. Yeah. Whereas our perspective from the like deserter people or from like them or the yeah. people that want them to be good. Yes. Yes. So I don't know. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But if one of the perspectives we got was like a kid whose parents were murdered by one of the deserters when they stole his food out in the wastes, I don't know. Like would, yeah, would we be calling for point. them to and with I will say with one of the deserters, we get the perspective from Kaladin as well, because I think Gaz was one of the yes. deserters who was like terrible to Kaladin. Right. I will say, I think I think if if Amaram, if like everybody knew about the Amaram thing and he had like come to terms with that in like the public sphere, then maybe but I, you can't get away with just like no consequences whatsoever mm. it at least has to be public knowledge like you can't move past something that's a secret right because i think that he needs at least the like people to know that they shouldn't like a hundred percent trust him mm. right like when you accept a pardon you acknowledge the crime that you have committed mm. mm-hmm and and Amram has not done that. So you're saying key to redemption is confession. <laughs> sure. Yes. All right. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Seems good to me. This has been a this has been a weird episode. This has been a very weird. Um there's one more thing I want to talk about with Kaladin though, and I think it's one of my critiques about Kaladin. You're not going to hear many from me. Kaladin's job is head of the guard of the king and Dalinar, right? Mm -hmm. He's employing the bridgemen to do that, which I think, great, you're on top of it. And the bridgemen are all people who chose to be there. They were at like the very bottom of their lives. Kaladin is like their kind of like savior figure. So I think trusting mm -hmm. the bridgemen, I think is fine. The issue I have Lopin brings in some guy and Kaladin's like, hey, Lopin, uh, who who's this? He wasn't here yesterday. Now he has a he has a bridge for uniform. Who's this guy? And Lopin's like, oh, it's my cousin. He needed a job. I figured we're hiring. So come on board. Kaladin's once again, let me remind you, Kaladin's job is to post people protecting the king and the second in line to the throne. And Lopin's over here like, my cousin really wants that gig. Can he do it? <laughs> right. You can't. You can't let anybody in. It's not open recruitment. Yes, this is... Okay, 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 okay. Let, let's, let's stipulate that I'm not sure if he's assigning these people to these roles. Right, because there's different roles. Like Lopin, for yes. example, is like helping cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But 
you can't allow this. I agree. Even if they're not guarding the king, you can't. You're not in the group. I'm sorry. Also, you're like, imagine you're bridge seventy six. You can't be bridge four. I also feel a little bit like we need to have a different name for people who joined later. Like people who never carried a bridge. I feel like kind of need a different yeah. name. Right. Because like course, like our core squad, all of the bridgemen, not even just bridge four, bridge 17, sure, are looking at these guys and it's unfair. They kind of earned it. They earned by like trial by fire the right to call themselves bridgemen. It became a badge of honor. You can't suddenly be like, wait, that's cool now. I want to be a bridgeman. Right. No, you you can't unless you want to take this bridge, put it on your shoulders and run for 30 miles into the face of arrow fire. Do that a few times and then you can be a bridgeman. Or at least get hazed. <laughs> There's no hazing. <laughs> Ridiculous. If you want to join, you get hazed by all the bridgemen. That's how this works. I think it's I agree ridiculous. with you on this. I'm, I don't love it. Luke and Dan coming down on the side of hazing. Who would have thought? <laughs> okay, maybe not that part. But Lopin, Lopin needs to be like reprimanded in some way. Especially, especially when they're talking about Shalon and. I think Teft mentions, hey, what if she's an assassin trying to get close to the king? And (laughs) Kaladin's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Shoot. That's a great point. Meanwhile, Lopin is bringing in anybody he can find on the street who wants a job to work as part of your bodyguard entourage. (laughs) Kaladin, you need to think about these things a little more. (laughs) This This is Kaladin's blind spot. Yeah. I don't know, man. Need a resume. At least get some references. And the worst thing about it is he's he's asking, he's like, you can't just like leave your previous post and come here. And the guy's like, no, like no one even recognizes me at all. I basically just like, I can just like walk anywhere I want and people don't think that I'm like part of it. It's like, oh, so you're an assassin. (laughs) You're describing the ideal characteristics of an assassin. Yeah, for sure. You can join us. The king sleeps here. Here's a blueprint of the castle. Right. Enjoy. Get out of here. Get out of here with this Lopin. Yeah. Lo- yeah, I think Lopin, I, I'm not saying he needs like a, a anything like consequences. He needs boundaries. I think that I think Lopin is a boundary pusher. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He does and doesn't even ask for forgiveness later. He just does it. And like if it didn't work, mm-hmm. oh, well. Because, yeah, this guy just shows up and Lopin's like, don't worry about it. It's my cousin. Like, he didn't even do anything wrong. You can't... Lopin. Lopin. You can't do that. Yeah. Maybe maybe, ne- maybe next section, Calvin's going to crack down. I don't know, though. 
He looks. It sounds like he's considering murdering the king. I don't know. Yeah. The story from the king about Moash's grandparents is rough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, I think like you. There's a good argument here that Kaladin is wrestling with because it's important to keep in mind like Kaladin really doesn't care about the king at all. Like that's not what Kaladin's right. driving force is. He's like he cares about the bridgeman. And so it's kind of the perfect conundrum for him. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, he's not going to turn Moash in. For sure no. This is a bridgeman. But also <laughs> the person he has been hired to guard he is aware of a plot to murder them. <laughs> By one of his guards. By yes. one of the guards, yeah. Oh, it's a tough spot. It is. I don't know. I think you do more also. Let's, this will, I don't want to talk too long about this, but he's just like, yeah, don't talk to them anymore, Moash. He, Moash is no longer on duty. I'm sorry. Yeah. Maybe You don't have to turn him in. Leave with like, pay. He's on leave with pay. Or he's just guarding Adeline. Oh, yeah. Or Dalinar. That's your job now. You're Dalinar's main bodyguard. Ooh, actually, that might be the move, which we have yet to see how Kaladin responds to this revelation. Right. But it does seem like putting him on Dalinar is the move because Moash is one of the ones that wants seems to want Dalinar in charge. Right, he's pro-Dalinar. So he's for sure not going to get Dalinar killed. Yeah, okay. That might be the move. This see, this is coming right back. If if Shallan was the one in charge, none of this would have happened. The king would have gotten murdered day two if Shallan was in charge, because she would have been off uh doing an undercover spy mission somewhere. Okay. <laughs> I mean, but it's not her job. <laughs> it's ridiculous comparison. Alright, fair, <laughs> enough. fair enough. Kaladin can't even draw. <laughs> So I forgot that. Yeah. Great point. <laughs> uh, so tied then one to one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Okay. I don't have any more notes. Real quick before we wrap up. Shen is one of the Parshendi spies, right? Oh, actually, you've this. read this book before. Damn it, Luke. Okay. So I actually don't know. Okay. Um, All right. Because I was, I was like, ah, I, I'm not sure about this. Um, you're you're saying this based on when he was gonna tell Kaladin something and didn't. Yeah, literally the last bit that we read about Shen, where Kaladin gives him a spear and's like, "Hey, man, I trust you. Come on, bring it in, bring it in. Come on." And they kind of have that moment. I feel I like I would have loved a hug there, by the way. Oh, it would have been powerful, I think. But we we get a scene earlier where we get confirmation that the Parshendi have sent spies in as Parshmen. <laughs> and like it's the Parshmen don't really talk. Like very right. rarely do they talk. What secret would this if this was just a Parshman, what secret does he have that he's like, I really should tell Kaladin, who's being really nice to me? There's no, unless it's like, hey, I murdered your dad and mom, but I was ordered to. 
you know there's no secret that this if this is just a parchment who's been like a slave he's got no secrets he's got to tell kaladin i feel like this is a right i, I mean like okay a you're, you are assuming that it's a secret and not like a heartfelt thing that yeah. he wants to say to kaladin but is too insecure to say i am yeah it could very well be like you look very dashing in your new uniform <sighs> i've loved you since the day i saw you right oh whoa actually that would be a move if it was just a big romantic connection here. Yes. Yeah. He's in love with Kaladin. Shoot your shot. <sighs> okay, forget the spy thing. I think there's now a romance going on. Mm-hmm. I think there's a Shen Kaladin romance. And I say good for Shen. Get after it. Yeah. Maybe try out mate form. I've heard it's nice. Could work. Could work. Okay, that's all I want to say about Shen. I think that was important. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're totally welcome. And next week, we're getting three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. Luke and I'll bring hot takes. And both be dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>